Hey, this is Jason with 40ish. We just want to thank you all from the bottom of our hearts for all the listenership and downloads of our podcast and wanted to put out there that if you want to interact with us, it's easy to do. If you're on Twitter, follow us at 40ish podcast, or you can send an email to podcast 40ish at gmail.com. If you have a guest idea or you think you might be an interesting guest as well. Now let's get into this episode with trucker Kari Bulkley. Hi, everybody, and welcome to 40-ish. Where Jason once again tells us how lazy he is by bringing a thermos of coffee into his office, which is 25 feet from the coffee maker. Listen, it's much easier to make a pot of coffee and bring entire pot of coffee with you to the desk area so you could be productive rather than get up every four to five minutes to refill the coffee cup drinking so, some coffee it's like me drinking beer jesus right that's right that's, that's a, a problem no, no, but no, also I, I mean if you want to say that since we are on an apple watch competition right now you're at 1770 and i'm at 1993 so you justify yeah. it however you need yeah but, i never, um, never got my workout in today so you uh you are definitely holding strong with that lead jerk that's the way we're gonna roll this am i at 1770 Oh, God, I'm at 1773. Yeah. And you're at that ever popular 1981. Anyway, uh, so happy to welcome in once again, uh, John and, and Lance. Hey, Gentlemen, how's how's everything going? Good. Good. It's Tuesday, one day closer to the weekend. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you really are working for the weekend, Lance. Oh, yeah. You took that you song literally. Worst, you must have had the world's worst Monday if Tuesday's closer to the weekend. No. Yep. I mean, tomorrow's going to be closer <laughs> to the weekend. So it's. Mathematically, I can't even process that right now. So, hey, we're happy to welcome in a guest to the podcast tonight with us. Uh, this gentleman is a, I hate to say, former co-worker of mine, but he he left to pursue a dream, and that's kind of what we're here to talk about. So uh, here at the podcast, we'd like to welcome in Kari Bulkley. Kari, welcome to 40-ish. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's good to be here. Oh, we're appreciating you taking the time. And so before we get too deep into what we want to talk about tonight, can you give us a little bit of about who you are and what you do? Yeah. So uh, as you mentioned, my name is Kari Bolkley. Uh, I am married. Uh, I have an awesome wife. I have a daughter, a son-in-law who's married to my daughter, and a son uh, who's currently working towards uh, becoming a Michigan State trooper. He wants to join the police academy in a couple of years when he turns 21. So um, I currently am an over the road truck driver, which means I haul long loads or loads all over the United States. So I, I've heard the term OTR over the road trucker before. Is there, I mean, this is stupid. There's no under the road driver. So why <laughs> why do they determine it as over the road? I don't. I just never figured that out. Yeah, it, it's kind of weird. They it's usually regional, uh, local, or OTR are kind of the main categories of truck drivers. So yeah, everything is over the road. Uh, it's right. just a matter of distance. So yeah, I don't know. 
It's one of those just phrases that have just stuck around and maybe it meant something at some point and now it's just kind of what it is. So, right. but I guess that's the difference between your like local distribution house, to, you know, if it's a, say a grocery distributor that's based in Michigan that delivers to all its Michigan stores, that wouldn't be necessarily an OTR driver because it's not a, a long distance. Right. That would be local. Okay. Uh, regional is usually, I don't know, maybe within three, 400 miles of, of your home base. Whereas with OTR, you go all over. I gotcha. I, I go all over the 48 lower states. Wow. So Kari used to work at the company that I work at, and he was a project manager for the better part of, was it six, seven years, eight years? How long were you there? Uh, I was there 13 and a half, I believe, or 14 so years. Many, many years. Yes. Uh, I uh, And I was shocked the day that he sent the, the <laughs> infamous minus one email that we do at our company when people move on. Uh, yeah, a lot of people the were. And yet you probably couldn't be happier leaving the tech world for the driving world. <laughs> and, and you, I just... I just kind of wanted to have you walk through the process as to how does that conversation look? How, how do you come home to your wife and go, you know, honey, I, I think I'm going to leave this stable nine to five and, and go out and have a, an extreme adventure and become a truck driver. How does, how does that conversation go? So before we even got married, my wife knew that my dream had always been to be a truck driver. Um, I, my dad when I was uh, in my late teens, early 20s, had a delivery business uh, in the Detroit area. And I drove a van, uh, a 15 passenger van that we converted to haul cargo. And I really fell in love with uh, more long distance driving at that point. Uh, but as soon as I got my license, actually, uh, I, I just, I, I fell in love with driving. A lot of people are like, oh, man, but that's like three hours away. Three hours, that's nothing for me. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it never has been anything big. Um, so, you know, just over the years that that we've been married, my wife and I, we've been married, uh, what, 24, it'll be 24 years this year. Um, you know, I've kind of joked around. It's like, yeah, I, I want to be a truck driver. I just want to get in a truck and drive. She's like, yeah, right, okay. Um, and then things started happening at work that uh, I was just, you know, getting burned out and feeling like, you know, I I need a change. And that change was I need to follow my dream. And so I did. <laughs> uh, it couldn't be any more simple than that, right? <laughs> yeah, no, it's, you know, I, I want to fulfill my dream and drive a truck, so now's a great time well not necessarily a great time but why not now right and i did it i'm doing it <laughs> i love it so um often we'll see we'll be driving around and there's often some sort of advertisement uh just about every semi truck has an advertisement on its trailer to you know come drive for us and, and it gives all these comparable rates which i want to get into in a little bit just because i don't necessarily understand how those work but um you from the moment you decided that you were going to pursue your dream and then you sought out a truck driving school so to speak what, what was that experience like where did you where did you train how long did it take what did it consist of because 
Uh, it's it totally new to us. Yeah. So I actually um, got connected with Schneider, which is uh, one of the really large freight um, haulers in the country. Um, and they paid for my schooling. So um, I just had to work for them for 12 months after I finished you know, the, the hiring process. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I could do whatever. But uh, they paid for my schooling. Um, I went to a company called Trainco, which is in Ohio, in um, northern Ohio. Uh, that was a four-week class. Uh, it was actually Monday through Thursday, 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. And uh, they put me up in a hotel, um, paid for food. And we were learning how to drive a truck, learning the rules of the road, uh, you know, how to connect and disconnect trailers, uh, backing, um, and all of that over those four weeks. Uh, at the end of the four weeks, I got my uh, CDL uh, Class A uh, certificate. Went to the Secretary of State in Michigan, got my license, then went to Schneider. And uh, their onboarding process was three weeks long. Wow. And yeah, it, it's uh, quite the process. They, they weed people out really quick. They just want good drivers. And uh, it was interesting because I, I think on the first day in my class, basically, um, there was probably about 30 of us. And the first thing they do is have you take a DOT physical and drug test. And um, if you don't pass that, you don't get hired at Schneider. And there was probably eight to ten people that failed failed the, the drug test or physical. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, we scaled down and then started going through paperwork and uh, regulations and, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, at the end of the three weeks, I think my final class ended up being 10 of us. No kidding. Yeah. So, yeah, there were lots of driving, lots of uh, testing. You know, are, are you a good defensive driver, a good... Uh, you know, can you back the truck trailer without hitting anything? Uh, Helpful. Can, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're driving, can you not hit things? You know, do you turn properly? Uh, I think that's one of the biggest things that new drivers have a hard time with is this, you know, the 53 foot trailer right. behind the, the uh, 20, 30 foot tractor. So making sure that you can do everything safely. Um, that was the first week. The second week you go out with a trainer where you're actually driving and the trainer's in the the passenger seat and you, you do the job Mm. with the trainer. Uh, you actually do pickups, you do deliveries. Um, you know, you, you do the job. And then at the end of the second week, you know, you've got your evaluation from the trainer and 
if, if you pass that, then you go on to uh, some additional uh, computer-based training and in-cab, um, we called her Jill. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, the voice of the computer, I guess, sounds sounded like an employee at Schneider whose name was Jill. Oh, okay. So everybody, yeah, everybody in the whole company called the, the system Jill. Oh, nice. You know, Except Jill, Jill who didn't think it was funny at all. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> it, it, it had been that way for so many years, and everybody did it. So, you know, I, I guess she was flattered in, initially, but, you know, I, I never met her. But, um, yeah, just lots of training, lots of review. And then at the end of the third week, it was, here's the keys to your truck. And you start driving. See what's what's blowing my mind, but I, I kind kind of thinking it through is that is four weeks long enough? And then I think, well, they're basically dealing with people that have at least driven before. It's not like they're starting from scratch. There's basic basic skills that are going to be applied. I would assume, right? I mean, rules of the road, stuff like that. It, other than shifting gears, unless a lot of these trucks are not automatic, how much how much of a shocker was it to you? to hop in that cab and, and operate it the first time. It, it wasn't a shocker. It, it was my dream is literally coming true. Right. Um, I, I just had a smile on my face so big that, oh, my gosh, I am actually in a truck driving a truck. Um, it, it's I've been driving for decades and decades. Um, a lot of the drivers are in their early 20s, um, so they don't have as many miles under their belt as I did. Um, they're also younger, um, th- several foreigners, so they didn't you know, grow up the same way that we do in the States where everybody has a driver's license and you grow up being in a car and around cars and around pools of the road. So there, there was some, I guess, challenges you could say with some of sure. the students mm-hmm. um, the language barrier can be uh, an issue um, but yeah it's it's uh, what they say is if you're a good driver we'll make you a great driver uh, if you're a fair driver we'll make you a good driver um, and they don't hire any bad drivers ah well it's good that they say that right yeah yeah, I just think of the polar opposite thing. I, I just—it's just my mind. I'm, I'm seeing Kari rolling up in this semi truck, knowing that in his civilian life he drove a <laughs> Nissan Leaf. <laughs> nice, the, yeah. the tiniest electric little nothing car, and now he's driving the ultimate diesel badass. I, I just—I can't. Uh, I he's can't driving my Optimus Prime. That. You can just say it. He's, he's driving yeah. Optimus Prime. Well, yeah, that that car would actually fit in the cab of the truck. (laughs) (laughs) Sleeper on it, it, and it got uh, what, like 105 miles per gallon equivalent. And this, uh, the truck I'm in now, probably averages around seven miles per gallon. Wow. Well, what type? What type? Sorry, Jason. Yeah, a little bit of. I've got to ask this. I've been biting my tongue. So, talk about. Oh, what, sorry, Lance. what type of uh, what type of products or, or what type of calling do you do? <laughs> I mean, is it 
is it like retail or is it like chemicals or what type of or can you can you pretty much haul whatever you know the contract calls for yeah so when i was with schneider i did what's called dry van which is your stereotypical truck and trailer uh it's it's dry and you know it's not refrigerated it's not uh, a tanker or bulk um so that's you know kind of the different classifications of driving it's either bulk which is like your tanker uh, your fuel trucks um, grains the grain haulers those kinds of things uh, then you've got your dry van and then your reefer so when i like i said when i was with schneider i did dry van Okay. Now that I'm with Schaefer, I do refrigerated. When I was with Schneider, um, I hauled everything that it wasn't refrigerated or, or liquids or mm-hmm. you know, bulk. Uh, lots of paper, paper products, um, scrap paper, big bundles of shredded paper, recycled paper. Take that to a paper mill. Uh, then picking up at a paper mill, big, huge rolls of paper, like uh, eight feet wide, 12 feet tall, um, just humongous rolls of paper. You take that to a, a place that makes boxes. They, you know, print graphics on it and corrugate it. And then you, you pick up those boxes and take to like uh, the Kellogg plant and they'll put cereal in it. And then you take those cereal boxes to a distribution center and then uh, distribution centers will do, you know, the local, like a Meyer distribution center would uh, consolidate freight, put it Mm -hmm. on a a local truck. So, I mean, uh, really you were kind of connecting the dots. It sounds like. Yeah. And and that was actually really cool. And, and uh, I guess something that really clicked the first month, it's like, wow, I'm seeing, the whole process right. from raw material to finished product. Um, I, I had a few Procter and Gamble loads uh, from the, the factory where they make toilet paper and paper towels. And I take those directly to a Costco store, um, you know, and, and weeks before I, I would have delivered huge rolls of paper to that plant. Um, yeah, so, so it, it's, you, it's, it's, really it's almost cool. a good chance that the paper you delivered there to be turned into these products, you probably at some point delivered said products then to the next stage in there. Yeah, yep, when I was drive-in. Right. Uh, now that I'm refrigerated, um, there's not so much raw materials. Mm-hmm. It's finished finished product. Um, I, I had a Hershey load. Um, couple of days ago. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, but the the fifth grader me that's way too perfect. <laughs> well, when I checked in at the the final delivery place, it was pick. I picked up at the uh, Hershey, Pennsylvania factory, uh, the warehouse there, and took it to the Midwest um, warehouse in Evans uh, Evansville, Illinois, and yeah. when I. Edwardsville, Illinois. Uh, and when I checked in there, they they gave me a, a free Reese's peanut butter cup, you know, as, as part of the check-in process. It's like, yeah, here, welcome to Hershey's. Here's your candy. 
Nice. Uh, at the load just before that, I picked up at uh, a yogurt factory. And uh, it, it was cool because after I had checked in and they said, okay, here's your paperwork. You're good to go. I'm like, okay, cool. Thanks. He said, uh, before you go, do you, do you want some yogurt for yourself? Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, sure. And I expected, you know, a cup of yogurt. He gave me a case. Oh, wow. Uh, of Oreo crunch yogurt. Oh, that stuff's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, it, so it now that gets a rise out of you, he says Hershey load and nothing. But <laughs> Oh, no, I bit my I bit my tongue on that one. I totally bit my tongue. Yeah. So that, well, Carl, let me let me ask you another that question. That was kind of cool. Curry. What uh, um, in your trying to think the entire career of driving, have you ever done yeah. any flatbed type delivery? Okay. Is that okay? <clears throat> No, that's too too much work. Because <laughs> you you've got to tarp things down. You've got to make sure everything's really secure. Um, the tarps themselves uh, weigh you know 120, 150 pounds. Um, just moving those all around and getting up on ladders and strapping things down. No matter the weather. If it's sunny, if it's rainy, if it's snowy, if it's whatever it's doing, uh-huh. and you're driving flatbed, you got to tarp and untarp nice. in that weather, and that's just something that did not appeal to me whatsoever. Does so when you say that's a lot of work? Does each of those different types of trailers or different types of loads uh, carry different reward in terms of compensation? Car like you know. Like in the Navy, you get more pay for being on a sub, or do you get more knowing that it's a more physical labor for like a flatbed or, or a grain hauler or something like that? Yes, typically um, the different types of trucks, trailers will, will pay differently. Okay. So let's talk about the truck itself. I know uh, when you came up to uh, our campus, I don't know, about nine months ago, you kind of gave everybody a tour. What is it really like inside of one of those trucks? I've I have my thoughts, and I know that at one point you got a brand new, never been driven by anybody before a cab. Yep. Uh, but I'm, I'm kind of curious what it's actually like to, to sit in one of those bad boys. And how um, many Waylon Jennings cassette tapes are in it? How many Waylon? <laughs> I've actually got a CD player in this one. Um, no tapes. Or C.W. McCall, a little bit of Convoy. Yep. Convoy. Oh, I, yep. I crank that all the time. <laughs> awesome. I love it. <laughs> um, so you... you you're probably eight feet off the ground when you're sitting in the driver's seat. So that's kind of the first thing you notice. It's like, wow, I'm really high up. Um, but it, it, it's just a typical driver's seat, passenger seat. And then behind that, you've got uh, some cabinets that are probably uh, two foot wide. And then you've got your bunk, your bed which is uh, an extended twin uh, mattress. And that that's as big as it is. I mean, there's not a ton of room. Um, you know, you're not going to be doing jumping jacks and running laps or anything. But it's comfy and cozy for me. Do you just park wherever? Like if trying to think if like if you're de- delivering somewhere in say midtown manhattan where are you where are you parking for that do you go is there like your, your travel centers or do you find some other kind of place 
So uh, that's one of the biggest, I guess, uh, concerns in the industry is where you can park. Uh, truck stops, obviously, are, are your main places that you park. Uh, some customers will allow you to park at their location. Uh, if it's a big warehouse and they've got a lot of empty space, usually they'll let you park there. Um, the place that I just delivered uh, tonight is a Kroger warehouse in uh, Salem, Virginia. And they don't allow parking on their property, but there's a side road with a cul-de-sac that uh, they said, yeah, if you need to park somewhere, there's uh, a road, a dead end cul-de-sac that you can park on. So that's where I'm parked tonight. Um, hmm. Other times it's rest stops. Um, I always find some place that's safe and legal. Parking on the shoulder of an on-ramp or an off-ramp is not safe, nor is it legal. But uh, hmm. a lot of municipalities will tolerate it. So if you ever drive late at night you know, on the mm -hmm. freeway, you may see trucks on the on-ramp or yeah, that was that was another question i had too is how does how because does that work out with the hours because i know you guys so from my understanding you have a you know certain time frame that the i mean does it how does that work with the you know, with the timing yep so there's uh different clocks is is how we refer to it there's an eight hour clock an 11-hour clock, a 14-hour clock, and a 70-hour clock. Uh, each one of those clocks starts and stops um, at a certain point. So when you start your day in the morning, your 14-hour starts and your 70 hours start, uh, and the 8-hour also starts. That's when you go on duty. Uh, there's different duty statuses. You've got on-duty not driving, uh, on-duty driving, off-duty not driving, and sleeper berth, which obviously you're not driving. Um, you are allowed to be on-duty for 14 hours in a 24-hour period. And that includes driving and on-duty not driving. Uh, you can drive for 11 hours in a 24-hour period, and the eight-hour is uh, within eight hours, you have to take a 30-minute break. So if you start your day at 7 a.m., before eight hours is up, you need to take 30-minute break, and then you can finish up your day. So the most you can ever drive is 11 hours in a 24-hour period. So it's it, it took a little bit to get used to the, the different clocks and what it all meant and, you know, how they start and stop and all that kind of thing. But uh, now it's just second nature to me. Do you find that that's not enough time for you personally for driving? Like you'd, you'd obviously prefer to drive more? Yes. Yeah, I, I could definitely drive more than what the DOT allows. Uh, a lot of times I, I want to, but I cannot legally do that. Right. So who's tracking that? So that's my question. Like, let's say, uh, so for those who, who are not aware, and you'll be aware now, Kari, basically you almost mini vlog or blog your adventures uh, 
uh, on social media. You talk about where you've been, what you've picked up. Sometimes you give us this cool guessing game, like, hey, I got 48,000 pounds and it weighs nothing, or it filled my trailer top to bottom, or right. I've been to these states. But sometimes you'll mention, uh, you know, I finished my day with, you know, two minutes left on my clock. And I'm like, well, what happens if you went over? Or is there like a uh, an enforcement group that follows you and says, oh, you know, find trailer 162 or whatever, and they, they pull you over? How, how What happens if you actually go over? Can you, is it compensated the next day? Are you in trouble? What, what's that look like? You, you turn into a pumpkin. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, um if the company monitors your logs uh, as frequently as, as some do, um, they may give you a reprimand. If you are pulled over by the DOT and they do an inspection, they'll look at your logs. And if you're not in compliance, you would probably get a ticket. And mm-hmm. you would also get um, points on your, your license or your CSA score. Uh, CSA... Uh, compliance and safety authority, I think is what that stands for. So that would give you points on, on that and points on that are not good. Just like on a driver's license. Um, but you know, there's nobody following you around going, Hey, you're, you're over hours. Right. Um, you're, you're self-managing, but, the, the trucks now have to have electronic logs, uh, whereas before you'd have paper logs. And back in the day, most a lot of truck drivers would, would have multiple log books, uh, one that they would show the company, one that they would show the DOT, and then one for what they actually did. Um, and that's illegal. That always has been illegal. With the electronic logs now, um, you you can't fake it. Once you start moving the truck, it detects that you're moving and will change your status from off-duty to driving. So you, you can't fudge it like you used to be able to. Unless you're uh, picking up at Hershey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or dropping yeah. off a load. <laughs> or dropping off a load. Right. Oh, man. Come on. <laughs> you guys haven't even laughed at that yet. Are you dead? <laughs> Inside, I'm a little dead, yes. Just just a little, though. Yeah. Um, you know, I was wondering, though, Carrie, on that, like, is there a certain grace period? <clears throat> or is it one of those, like, is there, like, maybe a 10, 15-minute window when it's you've reached that limit? It's like, okay, I need to find a spot where I can stop. Or is it one of those you just have to look and be like, okay, I have a 30-minute warning kind of. And I need to um, start figuring out where to where to stop this thing. Yeah, you need to plan ahead. Um, okay. There's no there's no grace period like oh you know my 14 hour clock's done I better find a place to park. No, you, you need to be done with your day before those 14 hours are up, or you're in violation. Um, okay. Yeah, so that that's one of the things that uh, I actually enjoy about the the job as well is the planning. And figuring out, okay, if I'm driving to this place, uh, I'll average, I always use 50 miles an hour as, as my average uh, speed, mm-hmm. even though my, my truck can go 65. Um, you know, I, I, governored? Yes, it is governed at 65. Okay. Uh, when I was with Schneider, 
their trucks were governed at 62. Uh, huh. So, yeah, if you ever get behind a truck and it's like, okay, the speed limit is 65 and they're only going 62, why can't they go 65? They're probably a fleet truck and they're governed at a certain speed. Uh, so, yeah, it, it, there's a lot of planning, uh, project planning, if you will, where, mm-hmm. okay, i got to pick up here by this time. I need to drop it off here by this time. Uh, I need to scale. I need to watch my hours. I'm going to need to fuel. I'm going to need to do whatever. you got to figure all that out and make sure that you'll be where you need to be at the time you need to be there, safe and legal. Gotcha. Um, so, so I got a lot of questions, but I'll start with some of the basic ones. Um, there's a um, seventh circle of hell here in Michigan known as I-94. I thought that was a sixth circle. <laughs> yep. Yep. And uh, no, it's become the seventh. It's it's progressing. It's progressing. <laughs> um, let's just say that I ninety four and I don't get along. You know, living Kalamazoo is the guy that the works office. remotely most of the time. <laughs> but when I go up to work, it's a thing. Um, the truckers and I we don't get along. So can you can you talk a little bit to the dynamic of um, how truck drivers? in your your experience so far um interact or deal with what i think you've described as four wheelers yep um uh and what is some good good uh, practical pieces of advice for us to make sure that we're being safe for the truck drivers but also being wary that there are things truck drivers do that are just part of their normal process that we may think is just asinine or dangerous or well, you know, yeah. if you could talk to that, it's kind of like the thing where two truck drivers will sit next to each other and maintain speed just to seemingly mess with everyone behind them for miles. But, <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. So I'm probably wrong, but more than likely I'm not. So it's, I'd love to hear about it. Yeah. To address that specific uh, situation, you probably have a truck that's governed at 62 and one that's governed at 63. And the one that's governed at 63 wants to go as fast as he can, so he's going to try and pass the truck that's going 62. Um, you know, one mile an hour difference won't get you around a, another vehicle that fast. So what, what you're probably witnessing is an inexperienced or a bad... Is passing one or the passer? Um, you know, one mile an hour... Okay. The passing one, the one that's doing the passing. Uh, What I try and do, if if I see someone that is governed at 66, I'll Mm. actually back off two miles an hour to let them by because I don't want them backing up traffic, the four-wheelers. And then when they get by me, I'll bump it back up to 65. Um that's just something that I, I've learned to do. Uh, I try and be really considerate of the four wheelers as well as other truckers. I feel like I'm in a gang called the four wheelers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, four wheelers are a four letter word to truckers. Uh, Fair. <laughs> truckers rhyme with another word that I could think of to us. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. But the, I think the biggest thing that um, four wheelers can do to be safer around trucks is merge properly. 
Okay. When you're getting on the freeway and you see a truck that's like, oh, hey, we're going to share the same space unless I speed up or slow down. What you should do as a car, floor it. Just punch it. Get ahead of the okay. truck and pull out and get out of the way. Uh, trucks cannot accelerate that fast, even if they're empty. Cars can. So if you can just get out of the way, that would be ideal. But what a lot of truck or a lot of four wheelers do is they'll kind of slow down a little bit. And as a trucker, you're thinking, okay, are, are they going to punch it now? Uh, no, they're not. How about now? No, they're oh, still okay. not. Oh, well, are they going to slow down? What What are they doing? Because to change lanes in a big truck is also uh, a it's little a major trip. task. Yeah, yeah, you've got huge, huge blind spots that you got to watch for. Um, you know, you, you got to make sure that you're not going into a turn, uh, not going too fast into a turn so you don't flip your truck. Um, so truckers won't change lanes unless they need to. And more often than not, when there's a, an on-ramp, um, you know, that that's where issues occur because right. people, a lot, a lot of people do not merge properly. You know, and I'll be, I'll be honest. I didn't think of it either that way because, unlike Jason, that only goes up to the uh, office maybe once every couple of weeks and then whines about it <laughs> profusely. I drive to Battle Creek every day. From where? From Kalamazoo. Okay. So I, I enjoy this stretch of I ninety four that Jason cries about. <laughs> um. But no, um, it would be usually getting back on on the way home, and there it'd be a number of times it's like that. And I always thought it would be easier to slow down, get behind the truck, so then I can move around it that way. But if if you can do that, obviously, to uh, the truck to make it a point that they know that that's what you're planning on doing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because, um, like I said, it, that's one of the frustrating things when you're getting to an on ramp. Uh, that, okay, I, I can see a car coming and they're the same speed as me. Are they going to speed up? Or are they going to slow down? Make right. your decision as quick as you can. If you're going to slow down, great. Do it quick so the truck can see, oh, they're slowing down. I'll, I'll maintain speed. Don't have to worry about changing lanes. Don't have right. to worry about them pulling in front of me. All that kind of stuff. How about when trucks are driving through um, adverse weather conditions? So that's the other thing that I always wonder about, um, especially on 994. There was a, a couple years ago, there was a pretty severe accident. Um, you mean the 200 car one? Yeah, that's the pretty severe one. <laughs> yeah. That's in that stretch. That's at 88 to 92 mile marker. So you can kiss my ass there. <laughs> well, did you know about it? You weren't driving that day. <laughs> uh, I missed it by 10 minutes. I did. I was driving that day. Wow. Um, yeah, it's one of those things, but what I try and figure out is if we're if if I am driving in, let's say my minivan, and I and it's blowing snow and it seems to be pretty slick conditions, and I've dropped my speed considerably, and yet a a, a semi truck will come what looks like and feels like screaming by. Yep. In the left lane, uh, is that a, a safe position for the truck driver to be in because they've got maybe better traction or they can see above the squalls? Or is that person being a jerk and I should take you them out? You heard it here first, kids. <laughs> They're being a jerk and you should take them out. Done. 
Yeah. Oh, please, you wouldn't be able to do that at all. <laughs> yeah. My minivan versus any semi truck. Place your bets now. Yeah, yeah, John, you're better the with bet is than now I am, so. who's going to do the eulogy, Lance or myself? <laughs> Game over. I'm going to be like, Jason, he was a dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think a lot of truckers have that false sense of security because they are up higher and are out of those those squalls, whether it's the rain, the misty rain, or the, the snow squalls, uh, we have better visibility. Um, and I know some truck drivers think, oh, that just because I can see better means I've got better traction. That isn't necessarily the case. Okay. Uh, you know, that that's one of my big fears is the, the wintry, slippery weather and jackknifing. Um, yeah, it's just that that's a huge fear of mine. Uh, luckily I haven't been in really, really, really bad weather that I felt compelled to drive Schneider. They're hugely, hugely safety conscious, uh, almost to the point of, of overreacting on safety. Um, they always said, if you don't feel safe and comfortable driving, don't. There's nothing you haul that is worth your life or the lives of others. Uh, Schaefer and Crete, Crete is actually the dry van division. Schaefer's the refrigerated division. Um, they have the same attitude. If you don't feel safe driving, uh, don't. Pull over, find a safe place to park call in and say the weather's bad or the roads are bad. I don't feel safe driving. They'll say, great. Let us know when you feel safe again. Um, there was only one time so far that I didn't feel safe, uh, due to snow. It was uh, in New York and I pulled over. That was last year. Um, I called in and said, Hey, the roads are really bad. I don't feel safe driving. I'm going to miss my appointment, delivery appointment. And they're like, good. Um, we're glad you pulled over and that you're safe. When things get better, call us back and let us know you're on your way again. But uh, nice. we're, gl we're glad you pulled over. It's good to know that the company's human that way. Like they, they're, it's beyond the bottom line within reason, you know, that, that's that's good to hear. Yeah, it's good to hear. Yeah, you, you hear some horror stories of some companies that you know if, if a driver does that they're like what are you doing stopping we, we got to get this load there on time and you know you get back on the road. The, I would not work for a company like that. Sure. Sure. So how does a this is going back to the the constant advertisements I see on the backs of trucks you know come drive yeah. with us. So many cents per mile. How does a OTR truck driver get paid? Is it based on a contract? Is it based on per delivery? Is it strictly on the hours? How does how does that work? I mean, I've looked at numbers. I did a little bit of research, believe it or not, for this for this episode <laughs> on, on what a you know a typical new driver would start as an annual take home and stuff like that. But how does a driver actually get paid? Um, in my experience, uh, it's by the mile. Okay, so. Uh, some companies would pay uh, by the contract or, you know, just not by the mile. It might be hourly, uh, might be some other way. But uh, what I've driven is by the mile. Uh, whether I'm loaded or unloaded, I get paid the same. 
some other companies might not pay for empty or they might pay less if you're driving empty. Um, you know, it, it depends on the company, but most of them uh, pay by the mile. And they've got... And that's pre-taxed and everything, so they, they say, you're, let's say you're 58 cents a mile, and then they they take whatever they need to take out of that so that you can actually figure what your take-home would be, Cur- right? Or is it yeah. separate? Yep, no, that's correct. Okay. So it, it, it is beneficial for you to do those San Diego to New York runs should you ever get one because oh, it's... Yeah legitimate or hopping up to like salt lake city and doing the 80 90 run all the way to chicago and having it just be flat as everything could be yep yeah the that that's actually why i left schneider is i wasn't Mm -hmm. wasn't getting the miles that i wanted um they they weren't keeping me as busy as i was able or as as much as i desired uh schaefer on the other hand has been awesome um I can count on one hand the number of 800 mile plus loads that I had with Schneider. With Schaefer, I think the shortest load that I've had has been 700 miles. Wow. Yeah, I noticed uh, within a week or so you had crisscrossed the the country. Yep. Uh, I thought that was cool. So the other thing you do on your social media posts is you have a, a running map tally of the lower 48 and uh, within a couple weeks, you had done some serious damage to that map. I was impressed. Yeah, when I looked at the map too, I, I was like, "Oh man, I, that's that's not going to take me long at all." Uh, See, I kind of cheat when I fly. I, I don't get to count the states that I fly over, where in fact right. you are actually physically in the state that you're talking about. Yep. So um, right now I've got uh, thirty-two um, for the forty-eight that I've driven in with with Schaefer. Uh, with Schneider, um, I actually was driving the eastern 37 states. Oh, wow. And I had 33 out of the 37 eastern United States with uh, Schneider. So, yeah, it, it's kind of exciting to, to be in my truck and go to all these, uh, all these places. Sure, sure. Um, I know Lance has got a couple questions, and I've got one that piggybacks on one of his. But the other question I wanted to ask, because we were kind of joking earlier about the the music and whether you know, that you have a CD player, not necessarily an eight track to plug into. <laughs> right. Um, how how what is your favorite thing to do to pass the time? Is it is it music? Is it books on CD? Is it podcasts? How do you uh, how do you kind of pass the time for those many hundreds of miles behind the wheel? So a, a lot of the time, uh, I'll listen to satellite radio. Um, hmm. I listen to a lot of news. Uh, I listen to the comedy channels, but, oh, yeah. but there's, there's actually a lot of focus that goes into driving for me. Um, you know, it, a lot of people are like, Oh yeah, man, you must just veg out and drive. Like, no, I gotta be aware of these darn four wheelers and especially going through some of the bigger cities or the, the, you know, where there's a lot of traffic and congestion, you really need to pay attention to what's going on. Uh, that, I think, was one of the surprising things that how tired you can get from just driving. And you're just so hyper-focused on not crashing. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
you know, it, it, it can be really, really draining, but that's also part of what I like the challenge of is, you know, just keeping things smooth, the cruise control as much as possible. Um, but yeah, I, I will listen to the, the songs on my iPod every once in a while. Uh, listen, like I said, to the satellite radio. Um, but you know, I, I've gone days where I haven't listened to anything. I've had it quiet in the truck. Uh, sometimes the the quiet is nice and peaceful. I guess that's as contemplative as you can get, right? Because you're completely reliant on yourself. So yeah, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I I really enjoy so, my solitude. Yeah. Do you solve world problems while you're in there? Uh, not not many. <laughs> just a few. Yeah, just a couple. Yep. But no, not not many. Gotcha. Well, I'm going to lead into Lance's question with the one that just came up to my mind. I was thinking when I said eight, I you know eighty ninety, and I immediately my brain went to the Cannonball Run. <laughs> um, uh, my question is: Have you seen a lot of street racers or people just being ridiculous or exotic cars in your travels? I have. Uh, one of the cool things that I like about these trucks, uh, they've got uh, a radar, a uh, forward-looking radar, uh, that'll automatically adjust the speed of the truck when you're using cruise control so you don't follow too close so if i've got my cruise set at 65 and i'm approaching another truck or even a car that's driving 62 my truck's radar will detect that that, and slow me down to 62 and won't let freightliner okay it's a freightliner cascadia big yeah big truck yeah (laughs) <laughs> big blue truck <laughs> so um, I have had people move in front of me going I think the fastest I've had someone pull in front of me is 110 wow you know that you just see them coming up in your rearview mirror and go man I, I'm just going to make sure that I'm out of their way and then they pull in front of you and the radar picks them up and tells you what the speed is and I've, I've had a few that have been over 100 miles an hour and I think the fastest is 110. Can you just call up the cops and kind of be like, hey, uh, <laughs> if you really want to grab a ticket, you know, I'm on this stretch of this highway. Yeah, this would be a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've, I've thought about it. I think that'd be fun. Then you'd have another tally thing on your social media postcard. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> number, of, number of punk kids pulled over this week, seven. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I've seen, oh, probably every kind of car. Um, I, I've been shocked at the number of Teslas that I've seen, which is actually really cool. Uh, yeah? Yeah, I, I've seen the the, um, the sports car Teslas, uh, Lamborghinis, Ferraris. Have you uh, seen a Gremlin? Bugattis. <laughs> nice. Rolls Royce. Uh, yes. I have. Really? That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I saw an AMC Pacer the other day. Um, yeah. Yep. Fun that is cool. That yeah, is cool. I just... Lance, I know the, you had a couple of, uh, uh, of cool questions you, you wanted to pose. You said you've gone to, what, 38 different uh, states, but what what are some of the coolest places that you've been in, the, in your travels? So uh, yesterday, 
when I picked up this load that I delivered today, it was at a cold storage facility that was built into cool. an old quarry. Oh. That that was just, that blew me away. Because whenever I, I get a pickup or delivery, I'll you know open Google Maps and do the satellite view to see what it's going to look like to help me figure out, okay, do I pull in here? Do I pull in there? Because I've got to plan ahead. I can't just go up to a building and turn in because I might not be able to turn back out with the big truck. So I, I plan ahead. And this place, when I looked it up, um, if you go to my Facebook post from yesterday, you'll, you'll see I put the, uh, the Google map up there. And it looks like there's just... Yeah, I thought you pulled into NORAD. Yeah. Yeah, when I saw it initially, I'm like, what? The, that's a really small building. That's because the the actual facility is over five acres, but it's all inside the rock. Um, that that was just really cool. Uh, I think that's the coolest place I've been. Uh, last week, or was it the week before? I picked up in Massachusetts at Gloucester, which is northeast of Boston. Um, that was right on the waterfront. That was really cool. Uh, that was Gorton's frozen fish. I was taking that down to Florida. Um, yeah, the Hershey plant was kind of cool. Yogurt factory was cool. Uh, some of these paper mills that I used to to go to and from, those were always kind of neat. Uh, it's, it's also weird that a lot of these uh, bigger places, warehouses and stuff, are out in the middle of nowhere. Another question I, uh, I had is, have you ever, land is cheap. in your travels, have you ever encountered any type of celebrities, either on the road or any of the stops that you've made? Uh, not that I recall, no. Not, not really any celebrities. I'm starting to wonder now, for all the places that you've been, where... Uh... Where would you recommend people stop for a bite to eat? I mean, are you going? To, are you going to get the awesome like uh, biscuits and gravy on a, on a regular? I mean, you're trying to keep healthy, I would assume. Some, yeah, I think. Yeah. But you got to find those awesome mom and pop truck stop places where you. I always think biscuits and gravy, where you put it in the bowl and you turn the bowl upside down and nothing falls out because it's so <laughs> dang thick. There's there's a truck stop like that on the way down to Columbus, Ohio, from Lansing, and I can't remember the name of it, but man, that's some serious, that is some serious sausage gravy. Yeah, sticks to your ribs. Yeah, oh, it, it replaces your ribs. It is <laughs> nice. I mean, it is like oh, uh, I'm dying slowly, but man, this is delicious. Yeah, no, I I'm not much of a foodie, so I don't you know try and look for those kinds of places. But I, I hear people talk about that on the CB quite frequently. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh yeah, I I had a steak here, or you know, a really good uh, Philly cheesesteak at this place, or um, yeah, the biscuits and gravy here are just amazing kinds of things. But no, I I I don't go in for that kind of stuff much. It it costs yeah, you money too. <laughs> right. Right. Do you have a CB handle, Kari? I do not. Oh, come <laughs> on. Now, well, now that whoever's listening to this episode of the podcast, reach out to us. We'll see if we can get Kari a CB handle. <laughs> right. so, yeah. Um, I think that'd be fun. 
I have a couple ideas. Uh, yeah, we have do. to do some form of we'll do it live. <laughs> <laughs> doing it live. Oh, well, doing it live. Do you? Uh, so, for anybody that wants to follow your exploits, how can uh, how can people follow you, Kari? Is there anywhere out there that you're you're publicly uh, sharing your adventures? Yeah, I post every day on Facebook. Uh, you can look me up there, friend me. Uh, I usually post in the evenings after I'm done with my day and share where I'm at and what I experienced during the day. Um, but yeah, that, that's that's where I'm currently at is on Facebook. And he does do this fun little contest. Like I, there's some where the comments threads go pretty long in terms of what could he possibly be carrying that weighs. 3,000 pounds yet fills the entire trailer. Oh, I forgot what that was that one day. It wasn't styrofoam packages or... It was beanbag chairs. I what it was. Beanbag chairs. Yeah. And, yep. and now I have a better thought with what, what, what John was saying earlier, that the entire uh, commerce process is actually... You're, you're delivering each pieces and parts. I forgot what the percentage is of how much of things that you touch on a daily basis most likely spent some time on the back of a truck. 100% of everything everywhere was on a truck at one point or another. That That's what's kind of cool, too. I mean, everything. Literally and, everything. And these places are constantly hiring, so there's not a shortage of need. There's a shortage of drivers. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's why you see the ads all over everything all the time because there, there is a driver shortage. Um, and it's usually not a job that people aspire to. It's usually a job that people fall back on. Uh, and I, I'm kind of unique in that way that I actually sought it out, and that's been my dream. Um, but, yeah, the, it's it's just really cool to, to be a part of the economy like this. Well, congrats on on fulfilling a dream, Kari. I think that's pretty amazing. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, guys, we're coming to the end. See, just like that, an hour goes away like you wouldn't believe it. So uh, my thanks to John. You know what? I'm not going to thank John tonight. John, you were exceptionally jerkish today. And I, and I just, I'm not quick enough to come back. And I don't know if it's because I'm getting Aww. older because you're just getting to be that oh, good. Do you hear that? It's the wambulance. It's the wambulance. <laughs> So my thanks to Lance, my acknowledgement that John was on the episode, and, but my thanks to Kari for being on. <laughs> All right. So Kari, really appreciate uh, you taking the time and, and giving us kind of some insight. And uh, we'll definitely stay in touch if you end up finding uh, some more cool adventures out there. I, I check in on Kari's Facebook posts on the daily. In fact, I'm looking at the the uh, the quarry uh, underground facility picture right now. It looks like just a parking lot. And yet, all of it's concealed underground. So I think that's pretty amazing. Yep. Cool. Cool. So for those who are listening, really appreciate your time. You can always find us on Twitter at 40ish Podcast, or you can always look up myself, John, or Lance. If you've got any questions or have a desire to be on the podcast, gentlemen, if I don't talk to you before, I'll catch you in the next one. Have a good one.